0: Do you feel that in those moments, because of the pain you felt, that you were taking a little more license with what you said to God than you normally would in a prayer time or alone time with God?
1: I never thought that I would ever say things to God that maybe I was angry with Him or that I would just rant and rave about something. I just never was like that. But I tell you what, that changed after betrayal. I was able to let him know exactly how I felt and it wasn't pretty sometimes, but I think he's okay with that because he already knows and he wanted me to be honest with myself. Has your marriage been shattered by sexual betrayal? Are you wondering if it's possible to save your marriage or even if you want to?
0: Your story matters and there is hope for your marriage through Christ Jesus. Welcome to Beyond Broken Vows podcast. I'm Johnny. I'm Emily. And friends, we've been where you are.
1: Our marriage vows were shattered by adultery fueled by pornography. But through commitment to recovery, our faith in God, and our hope for redemption, we set out on a journey of healing. Now our marriage is better than we ever could have imagined, and we give God all the glory.
0: On our show, we'll talk through difficult topics, infidelity, porn addiction, recovery, and more. So if you're ready to move from pain-filled todays into hope-filled tomorrows, Grab your favorite beverage and spend a little time with us.
1: Marriage is redeemed.
0: Hearts renewed.
1: On Beyond Broken Vows Podcast.
0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Beyond Broken Vows Podcast.
1: Yes, we're so glad you're here with us today. Ever since starting this podcast on Memorial Day this year, Johnny, we've experienced many milestones, and God has really blessed us in ways we never imagined.
0: Yes, that's true. So what's the one you're talking about?
1: Well, one of those milestones happened just last week when we sent out our first weekly newsletter.
0: I know. Isn't it exciting? Yeah.
1: It went out to our insiders. Did y'all get it? If not, just head on over to insider.beyondbrokenvows.com and sign up. We shared a story and put a few pictures in it from the Christmas right after D-Day five years ago.
0: Has it been five years?
1: Yes. And I must admit, it was a little unsettling to go back and search through all those photos that were taken around that time. Yes. I remember doing that several years ago and how painful that was for me. It would sometimes send me into a, a tailspin of sadness and uh, even sometimes anger. But it wasn't like that this time. It just gave me a little start. Just so, to have to go back and, and look at the pictures from that time frame. It's just like, okay, that made me remember. But it wasn't painful this time. It was just a remembrance.
0: And on a lot of occasions, you've heard me describe those moments that are not necessarily triggers, but those remembrances as sobering experiences.
1: Yeah, that's exactly how I felt. I was sobered by it. But it was fun to actually get those pictures and put them in the newsletter (laughs) because it was a rough time, but we, we made the best of it.
0: Well, if you take a look at it, just don't make too much fun of my long hair. I don't have that long hair anymore.
1: <laughs> That's true.
0: So, Emily, we have a couple of reviews today that we want to share.
1: Yeah, I'll start out with Aussie Girl 12 She says, Wow, healing for the hurt. This podcast brings so much grace and healing to those who are hurting through broken dreams and vows. Thank you for the vulnerability and openness and sharing ways God helps us heal.
0: And the second one that we have for today comes from AMC1007. This one is titled, Helpful and Insightful. Emily and Johnny keep things real. They provide incredible direction when it comes to the most difficult situations.
1: Those are really kind words, aren't they?
0: Absolutely. We
1: so appreciate that. And if you're listening and you have found that you enjoy this podcast and it has given you any help, we would appreciate if you would leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcast. That would help us get this message out to more and more people around the world.
0: And second to getting the message out is the effect that it has on us, the positive effect. When we hear those positive reinforcement words, when we're being so vulnerable with our lives, it lets us know that we're on the right track. And so we're so grateful for those that would take the time to do that. It's helpful to us as well.
1: It does. It makes it all worth it. So, friend, are you feeling alone and unable to share your burden with someone who understands your pain and confusion? Someone who can gently lead you through your grief and help you make wise decisions. When my world was turned upside down by sexual betrayal in my marriage, I immediately felt lost and alone. I didn't have anyone to help me understand what was happening, what it meant, and what I should do about it. I was having a hard time even functioning throughout the day. I wasn't sleeping, I wasn't eating. I was crying all the time. I didn't know who I could turn to for a safe place to process all those intense emotions that I was feeling. I did turn to the Lord, and He was with me. But, you know, I also longed for Jesus with skin on to help me get on the path to healing. I want you to know that you don't have to go through the trauma of betrayal alone. You need a safe place and an understanding heart to help you walk through the minefield of a shattered marriage. Someone who has lived this devastation and has emerged victorious. That someone is me. So don't wait. Go right now to coaching.beyondbrokenvows.com and see if coaching with me might be the help that you've been praying for. That's coaching.beyondbrokenvows.com.
0: So Emily, you just mentioned a moment ago how you felt when I shattered your world with my confession of infidelity. Mm Mm-hmm. I remember that day and exactly where I was and what I was doing when all of that came out. I was actually hanging Christmas lights on our house yes, and waiting for you to come home.
1: Yeah, I was at a women's Bible study. I was at the last one before Christmas break.
0: And I had just come from the meeting with my ministry leaders when they had confronted me About the accusations of infidelity that were made against me. And I had confessed to them that it was all true. They had made it very clear to me that I was suspended and that the manner of my return, if there was going to be a return, would depend on how I handled it from that point on. They had also told me that they were not going to tell you. Right. (laughs) And that was my first order of business. And so you came home, and now I've got a lump in my throat.
1: Yeah, I was walking up the sidewalk, and I saw you up on the roof hanging the lights, and I knew you had had that meeting. Right. And I remember that you thought that that meeting was going to go very differently than it did.
0: Yes. In my (laughs) arrogance, I thought it was going to be very different. Not true.
1: Yes. And so when I saw you, I said, so how was the meeting? Was it about so-and-so? And you said, no. And I said, was it about so-and-so? He said, no. I said, what happened? They kick you out? (laughs) (laughs) And your face fell.
0: Oh, my gosh. My heart sank down into my gut.
1: Yeah. And you said, I'm going to come down. We need to talk. Yes. And then my heart sank. I had no clue what was happening. So, yes, I think we both vividly remember that day. Which we call D Day.
0: That's right. D Day is Discovery Day for those of you that didn't know. And it's really akin to, as we remember from history, D Day was the day of the Normandy invasion of the US forces. And there was lots of death and lots of carnage and really bad things that happened. Lots of
1: pain. Lots of. <laughs>
0: lots of pain. And mm-hmm. yeah. Yes. So D Day is fitting in that way.
1: It is. So it was Christmas time. And we certainly weren't in the mood then to sing any Christmas carols.
0: No, but I think that probably the one that would have fit best would be, Oh, you better watch out. It's okay to cry. You better not doubt. We're telling you why. Jesus Christ is always in
1: town. He sees you when you're sleeping with somebody else who's not your spouse.
0: He knows when you're awake thinking about how to cover up all the lies that you've told. He knows when you've been bad or good, so be good for your marriage's sake.
1: Oh, you better watch out, it's okay to cry. You better not doubt,
0: we're telling you why.
1: Jesus Christ is always
0: in town. All right. Well, that was a lot of fun. And you guys actually got to hear our singing voices now. We hope it translates well through the recording. If not, that was just a bit of fun to add levity to what seems to be an impossible position to be in.
1: Yes, it's not a fun place to be in, especially when we're supposed to be celebrating something so meaningful in our lives, the birth of our Savior. And Something like this comes crashing into our world. And so we understand that this is the reality of many people. Unfortunately, many couples are going through this, have gone through this, will go through this. And we just want to spend a little time today talking about what we found that was helpful over the years, because the first year was really, really hard. (laughs) Say the least. And happening right there before Christmas threw us both for a loop. But we've, over the last five years, have been able to find helpful things to get us through these anniversary dates and holidays that bring a lot of memories and and sometimes pain.
0: Emily, that's really good. And I'm anxious to get into that. But uh, if you don't mind, can I open us up in prayer right now?
1: I would love that. Thank you.
0: Wonderful. Father, thank you so much that you have brought Emily and I so far that we can have a candid Open discussion about this very painful time in our lives, just past discovery and moving into the holiday season. Father, I pray for those who are going through this right now that you would give them your grace and mercy and allow them, Father, to find a measure of grace for each other so that they can put together some form of holiday season. They're going to remember this one for the rest of their lives but it doesn't have to be completely painful. There can be some good things in it. Thank you, Father, for what you've given to us and what we have been given, Father, we gladly share with our listeners and all those that you bring to us. We ask all this in Jesus' name, amen.
1: Amen. Thank you, Johnny.
0: So, Emily, you were just mentioning there are some things that we're going to talk about today as far as how to manage this time of year. Did you want to start us off in that?
1: Yeah, sure. There were some really good things that you did during that time to help me get through it a little bit more easily. There were some things that you didn't do well, but of course you were still reeling from having confessed and not really being on solid ground yourself. So one of the things that was really helpful for me in that time was your presence and your awareness.
0: What do you mean by that, Emily? Emily.
1: Well, historically, before D-Day, if we had an argument, if we didn't agree on something or we had a fight, you would leave. You would get to a point where you just shut down and you left me and really abandoned me. Right. And uh, that was very hurtful. And so after D-Day, you made it your mission, I guess, your goal to stay present to not leave no matter what was going on no matter how upset i was how sad i was whatever my mood was you were there and you didn't leave me right. and that was so comforting it gave me a little bit of security you know some of that security that i had lost when you confessed all of your infidelity and pornography use i, I that was like i was unsafe i had no safe place to be you were you were a stranger to me You weren't the man that I thought I had married. And so I was like, stranger danger. (laughs) Right. You were very good at just sticking with me and being aware of what I was feeling, what I was going through.
0: I really am glad that you can see it that way, looking in retrospect, because I was doing some damage control. I was full on in amygdala hijack with adrenaline running, trying to figure out how to make this right. And so even in the very beginning, I can't say that the motives were pure because I had just got busted being an addict. I haven't had any recovery yet. So I'm still acting like an addict and I'm trying to fix you so that I can feel better.
1: Yes, your tendency to be a pleaser.
0: Emily, you had let me know that one thing that has been helpful through our recovery process is when I make a point of anticipating these dubious dates, the dubious anniversary dates that are coming. So today we're not just talking about just the holidays. This is the main reason, but we have so many anniversary dates.
1: Yeah, it can be really anything. Our actual anniversary, which is in September. Right. And it can be birthdays. It can be Mother's Day, Father's Day, any of those kind of holidays as well. But also for us, October was the last time you had acted out with another woman, right? the October right before you confessed. So that is a huge anniversary date trigger for me, or was. And then of course, December, there was the discovery and then also the disclosure, which was very traumatic for me. So yeah, the end of the year, pretty much as a whole for me was a very triggering time.
0: There's an anniversary date there for me as well in November that's not necessarily a dubious date. The end of November was the last time that I acted out with pornography. I binged that week. You were away on a cruise with your girlfriends. Right. And I took that opportunity and the entire week just completely immersed and gone and lost in pornography and masturbation. And I'm surprised I didn't hurt myself, but that was the last time that I viewed pornography in November, right before discovery. So Emily, I was just thinking about the dates and tomorrow will be five years to the day from when discovery happened.
1: Oh, you're right. I hadn't actually thought about it, which is awesome because these dates now are coming and going without me even really realizing. And that's due to lots of healing. It's exciting for me that I sometimes will go, oh, that date just was a couple of weeks ago and I didn't even notice. Huh. (laughs) And so that's really good. I'm really glad for that. Right. But at first it's very hard. And then the first anniversary of all these dates and the second anniversary of all these dates can also be hard. But it does lessen over time.
0: It does. Absolutely. So Emily, those are some of our personal anniversaries that we remember. What are other kinds of things that that were helpful as far as moving through this process for us?
1: Right. So your presence and awareness, anticipating these dates was very helpful. And also just being emotionally available at the same time, leaving shame out of it.
0: Right. And that is so important, the betrayer has to set shame aside in order to be emotionally available, because when you're so focused on yourself through shame, you can't be emotionally available to your spouse.
1: Yeah, so you did that to the best of your ability that first year, but you've gotten really good at it after you were in recovery for a while, and so that's very helpful.
0: Also, not resenting the triggers when they do come. There's the idea that you try to tiptoe around them. You try not to do something that might set off a trigger and make you remember because, oh, I don't want to have one of those discussions again. Can't we just get through the holidays without bringing this up? Can we have one normal day? (laughs) Right. (laughs) And that's what resenting the triggers sounds like.
1: Yeah. And I'm really grateful that whether you resented it or not, internally, you didn't display that to me.
0: Right. And what was one of the ways that you can think of that I didn't display that?
1: Well, you had this posture of owning it. You, okay. from the get go, you really owned what you had done. You didn't really fully, I don't think, understand the scope of what you had done and how it had hurt me and what the ramifications of it were. But you didn't deny any of it. You owned it. You didn't blame me.
0: So you found me owning it helpful?
1: Oh, absolutely. The last thing that I would have wanted was for you to make me feel like it was somehow my fault. Because I naturally felt that all on my own, which wasn't true. It took me a while to really come to terms with that. But you owning it really helped me through that process.
0: One way that owning it looks like is the self-talk inside of my head that says that this is really hard and painful right now. Or we might be even a little more honest with ourselves and say, man, this sucks. Oh, but wait a minute. We're in this place right now because of what I did. That's the kind of language that ownership has. It's not full of shame. That's just a fact. That's a owning it statement that says that it's just true. And just for the record, I wasn't perfect at it that first year. I was doing some owning, but I was also doing some deflecting and not telling the truth and lying by omission. That was all at play that first year. Yes. But the owning it is a practice that came through repetition and got easier as the days went by.
1: Another thing that you did that I so appreciated was that you comforted me physically by holding me, hugging me. Um, sitting next to me on the couch, holding my hand, whatever it was that I wanted, needed at the time. And it's really strange sometimes to say that the one who betrayed you and hurt you so deeply is the one that you want to
0: comfort you. I was just thinking about that. I know we talked about that on another episode. Can you remember some of those times when it was like, yes, I do want you to hold me. Now get the hell away from me.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that was like a moment-by-moment thing at first. But you being available for hugs and me accepting hugs was a huge part of us healing together and very helpful, helping us move forward.
0: Yes, and I did not know how to do this that very first holiday season. But this was something that our therapist had let us know about. And that's asking you the question, Emily, as the betrayed, what do you need? This is not asking you, what can I do for you? Because when I'm asking, what can I do for you in this place where I'm in trouble, I'm looking for a way that I can please you so that I can feel better. And that starts to become manipulation. Mm -hmm. But instead, the better question is, what do you need? What do you feel when I ask you, what do you need?
1: Honestly, a lot of times I didn't know what I needed. But usually a hug was a good place to start. Just that feeling of connection, comfort. And sometimes I needed to be alone. Sometimes I needed to separate myself from you and have my own space. Sometimes I needed to just go for a walk and clear my head or spend some time singing worship songs or just heading out to the store to get my mind off of it. But a lot of the time, I just needed a hug. I just needed you to hold me.
0: That question that our therapist gave us to ask, what do you need, was so helpful. Because it gave me a chance to find out what you wanted, what you needed, and give you a chance to answer it honestly. Even if it was just a hug, from my side of the equation, at this time, there's no such thing as just a hug. Because from moment to moment, I didn't even know if I was allowed to touch you. Because that can change at any given time. It's like one moment I need a hug. The other moment, get away. Don't touch me again. But that's the whole important part of what do you need. And in that moment, you need a hug.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hugs go a long way.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, hugs do go a long way. And what we were just talking about is all the things that we do on our part as far as moving through the holidays, the things that we do in practical ways. But there's some things that we do with God, and God has a part in this as well, does He not?
1: Always. God always has a part uh, if we let Him. And hugs are great, but you are not all sufficient for my comfort.
0: Now, what do you mean by that?
1: Well, I did need... Those hugs. And like I said earlier, I wanted Jesus with skin on to make me feel safe and comforted and secure. But it could only take me so far. I really needed God's comfort, His perfect peace, which you couldn't give me because, you know, really honestly, I discovered you were a liar and a cheater. And I can only get so much comfort from somebody that I don't really even know anymore. Right. So, God is who I really needed to go to for my true comfort. And that looked like spending purposeful time with him, pouring out all my thoughts and emotions. He was really the only safe place that I had to do that, where I could say everything and anything, and it would be okay.
0: Do you feel that in those moments, because of the pain you felt, that you were taking a little more license with what you said to God than you normally would in a prayer time or alone time with God?
1: Yeah, you know, (laughs) growing up the way I did, I never thought that I would ever say things to God that maybe I was angry with Him or...
0: That you were angry with God? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Okay.
1: Or that I would just rant and rave about something. I just never was like that. But I tell you what, that changed after betrayal. I was able to really let him know exactly how I felt. And it wasn't pretty sometimes. But I think he's okay with that because he already knows. And he wanted me to be honest with
0: myself. So, Emily, what else was there? Was that the only thing that you were doing or was there other things?
1: Yeah, another thing that I did was I rehearsed my truths.
0: So we've talked about rehearsing truths before with regard to me. So what are your truths?
1: Well, a lot of my truths have been developed over time. I didn't necessarily rehearse all of these right at the beginning. Some of them I've cultivated over time. Things like, your addiction had nothing to do with me. That was one of the early ones that I had to come to terms with. Okay. And then I'm responsible for my own reactions. You may be giving me some terrible news, but I'm responsible for how I react to that. Yes, that's right. And. I'm only responsible for me. I'm not responsible for you. I'm only responsible for me. Then God's love for me is unconditional. That's a truth and a promise. He promises to never leave me nor forsake me. Amen. And nothing is too big for God. Even this, even adultery, it's not too big for God. And God is all I need for all of my married life. I had you in a position where I I had put you in God's place a lot of the time. And I had to come to a place where if I lost everything, if I lost you, if I lost my home, my work, if I lost everything, and all that was left was God, would that be enough for me?
0: Yeah, I can see just by the way your eyes look right now that these truths are very near and dear to you. Very personal and important.
1: Yeah, they are. God is what got me through this.
0: Do you rehearse those truths when you come up to not just holiday seasons, but to the anniversary dates as well?
1: Oh, yes. Anytime that I'm feeling those old familiar feelings of insecurity, I can go to my truths and I can just remind myself. One of them also is that I can trust God with everything. He is everything to me and I can trust him. I may not be able to trust you, right? but I can trust God.
0: And for my part, it's for me to understand that you can't trust me, to understand why it is you can't trust me because of my actions in the past. They are in the past, but they're no less painful. But me, I get to be a trustworthy man each day. I get to make the choice to show up and be a trustworthy man. Every day.
1: And that helps me to rebuild that trust with you.
0: Emily, thank you so much for taking the time to share those truths and how you were working that out with God. It's so important to have that understanding. And I have a verse that I want to share that's Jesus talking to his disciples during a very difficult time. And it comes from John fourteen twenty seven. It says, peace, I leave with you. My peace, I give you. I don't give to you as the world gives. Don't let your hearts be troubled and don't be afraid.
1: I love that. The hope in that is knowing that Jesus is the Prince of Peace and that we have access to that peace as His followers.
0: Amen. That's such a great word. Thank you so much, Emily. And would you please pray for us as we close this out?
1: Yes, I will. Father, you know that we struggle with the pain of betrayal. When we feel afraid and the things that pop up in our hearts and our minds are very difficult to process and difficult to live with, we know that you're there. We thank you for being our comfort and our complete peace. I pray that those who are going through this difficult holiday season with the pain of betrayal the pain of addiction, that they would seek you, that they would seek your comfort, Father because you're ready to give it all the deep places of our hearts that we're afraid to show others. Lord, you already see it. We ask for the courage to release that to you, to give it to you and and not take it back, so that you can heal our hearts and give us a joy that we never thought that we could experience again. I pray for anyone who's listening, Lord, who is going through this painful time right now, that you would wrap your arms of comfort around them, and that the peace that passes all understanding would guard their hearts and minds. In Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray, amen.
0: Amen. Thank you so much. So we have a few tips to share today when it comes to dealing with the triggers of anniversary dates and holidays. The First one is to write down at least three truths or promises that you can use to combat the doubts and the negative feelings that the enemy attacks you with.
1: Yes, and you can write those down in your journal or put a sticky note on your mirror or your refrigerator or somewhere to remind you that you have worth and that God loves you unconditionally.
0: And to the betrayer, work at being present with your spouse every day, but especially right now during the holidays. It's okay to allow these difficulties to exist. We're better for it when we acknowledge them, process them, learn from them, and then make the choice to move forward.
1: So until next time,
0: marriage is redeemed,
1: hearts renewed on Beyond Broken Vows podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. And before you go, if this podcast encouraged you and you're feeling some hope for today, please share this show with someone else you know who's going through a similar situation and needs to know they're not alone. One of the best ways you can help us reach more people is to leave us a five-star written review on Apple Podcasts. And don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss out on upcoming episodes. And as always, we would love to hear from you with questions and comments. Just email us at support at beyondbrokenvows.com. As you walk out this journey one day at a time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May He lift up His countenance upon you and give you peace.